Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports concerts and all types of shows. I can't talk enough about just the two clicks, literally just two clicks and you can have your ticket. Well now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in Google Play or App Store, click on my ticket section on the app, create an account, then under the billing section, redeem code The Athletic. Once again, that's The Athletic. T H E A T H L E T I C. All one word for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first thousand people who redeem their code and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last minute tickets. Welcome to another episode of To Be Honest. I'm your host, D'Angelo Williams. Alongside of me is my co-host, Jake Seeley. Welcome back to the show, Jake, or our show. Uh, Welcome. (laughs) Yeah, what about welcome back listeners to our show? Yeah, welcome back listeners. I'm I'm just so excited right now because I really got a question for you before you give us a rundown of the show. And it's been bothering me ever since I saw the news break. And I'm just like... I, I don't understand for the life of me why there is an issue with it. Uh, and okay. Maybe you could help me. Okay, so here it is. And, and, and this is, I guess you could say this is my to be honest. Uh, to be honest, I don't see what the problem is with cannabis. Uh, here's why I say this. Um, it's not like it's performance enhancing. Uh, I, I understand Josh Gordon has a real issue as it relates to that. I'm, I don't do cannabis myself, but I do know if you look at the numbers, uh, him going to Seattle doomed himself because it's legal there. It's like buying alcohol if you want to. And you expected this guy to go to Seattle and have a clean slate. That's like putting an ex crackhead in a crack house with full of crack and telling him not to do it. At some point, he's going to do it, right? My, I guess I, I, I would say my issue or the conversation that I want to have with you is, is granted, the people that's running the NFL are the old school, old heads, so their idea of cannabis is a little different from our idea or how we see cannabis. But the greatest players of all time at some point used it, whether it was their playing days. I mean, you've heard stories. I've heard stories. I'm not saying that it's true and it's factual, but we've all heard stories. It's not performance enhancing. If anything, by all accounts that I've heard, it makes you slower. So it gives you a a negative competitive advantage. I I just don't understand why they would take this game away from Josh Gordon because he used cannabis in a legal state. I don't know if that's government. I don't know if that's NFL. the, The question that I have for you from a guy on the outside looking in that's, that that didn't play in the NFL that that's going to speak for the fans today how do you see this because how we see cannabis now in maybe 2 or 3 years it may be legal you know worldwide and it may be one of those things where prohibition when it came in with alcohol alcohol used to be illegal it had a negative connotation but now that negative connotation is not there anymore and there's more people that die from alcohol and cigarettes and other things that are legal versus, you know, marijuana and cannabis. So my question to you is, is, you know, how is it viewed in your eyes? Because in mine, I mean, I feel like, you know, the greatest athletes of all times have used it at some point. And even the ones that are today, I'm not saying that they are, I said at some point. So how do you view that? Well, it's two different ways. I mean, honestly, so if you're talking about it in its own right as just a topic of marijuana, get it, whatever you want to name, you want to give it versus everything else. I see it the same thing as alcohol is in, you know, you're going to be impaired if you use it. You're going to be impaired if you drink too much. And that's why the concern is what the concern is there. That's a That's a completely different feeling I have when it comes to sports, because how I feel and I was chuckling because I've talked about this on my podcast before. I've always had and I always will have the same stance when it comes to 
marijuana, when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to PEDs, whether or not some people think that they can help or don't help or, you know, what classifies as a PED because the doctors for teams prescribe stuff that we can't get it all anything. You know what? The I'll even go down to the uniform because every job everywhere, no matter where you work, has requirements. If right. you want to work at that place, you have to live to those requirements. If you go to McDonald's, you have to wear the McDonald's t- shirt. If you don't wear the McDonald's shirt, you're either going to get set home, you do it too many times, they're going to fire you. And right. it's the same way I see everything. And yet, yes, it's cannabis. Yes, it's a shirt. Yes, it's you know not having a certain hairstyle. Guess what? Companies, and the NFL is a company, can yes. put in whatever rule they want to have people work for them. That's their right as a company. That's their right as McDonald's company. There's the right as whatever company, the athletic. If I start dropping F-bombs or I go out there and start getting drunk and crash into the trees myself, like they can fire me. They can fire me for whatever the, the reason might be. You have to live by what you choose to do. If you want to choose to work for a company, what the guidelines they present you are the guidelines. If you don't like it, you don't have to work there. If you don't like the fact that you can't smoke weed, you don't have to be an NFL player. You don't have to be a football player. You don't have to be a baseball player. You don't have to be a basketball player. If you don't like wearing a certain uniform, you don't have to work at McDonald's. You have the right to do with that, but the company still has the right to make whatever rules it wants. And that's the way I always go with it. It's like, if you want to get into debate of marijuana versus alcohol, that's separate to me. That's, that has nothing to do with what's going right. on with Josh Gordon. What has to do with what's going on for me with Josh Gordon is you, if you want to play in the NFL, you have to abide by these rules, whether you like them or not. End of story. Right. So with that being said, there's also there's little rashes that are popping up uh, in the government where they're trying to make it illegal to drug test for marijuana in some states because it's legal. So with that being said, I understand that this is a company. You said that, not me. I know for a fact that it's a company, but if you got to abide by the government rules, if you're a government mandated job and they say, hey, you cannot legally test for cannabis, how is the NFL still going to be able to do this? Because you know, as I know, and we all know that the NFL try to run their company different from all other government jobs as it relates to, you know, uh, the funding and all of that. No, and that's a completely different thing. You know, if that rule passes, I mean, the NFL is going to have to do what the NFL is going to have to do and abide by everybody. Like, you don't have companies can't test for alcohol. <laughs> so you can't be like, all right, did you have any last night? But at the same time, if they found out, you know, somebody, you know, you were out there at a Christmas party getting drunk and falling all over the place, or like, you know, this is not the type of the present presentation we want for our employees they could still fire over that like you said the company employs who they want to employ you work for who you want to work so i'm with you yeah the nfl shouldn't be allowed to do differently than any other company on earth but at the same time you know that that's what it is right now so they can test for it right now if that changes well that's a completely different story when that comes down to pass Right. But but and and I only opened up with that because this is my question right here as it relates to Josh Gordon and Josh Gordon only. Josh Gordon came out when he was with the Cleveland Browns and he said, I have a problem. I am addicted to cannabis. Help me. You know what the NFL did? They sent him home. They suspended him, sent him home with the guys that he potentially smoked with in the beginning and expected him to come back better. Like, this is the issue that I have. Like, if I'm addicted and I tell you, like, I have a problem. If you get suspended in the National Football League, you are not allowed to be around the positive impact as it relates to your teammates and your coaches. The guys is going to try to get you straight because those are the guys that want you in the room with them and want you to help them win games. Not the guys that you're out there smoking with or drinking with or doing whatever it is. And also just a caveat, just to let you know about the NFL, if you get caught with a DUI, you're not allowed to drink as it relates to the NFL. And if they catch you again, then they can now suspend you for drinking, you which is legal, which is legal. Wait, what do you mean? Which is legal? What are you saying? The, the drinking. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're drinking, yeah, but it's you got also, a DUI. But that's also, again, to the point being is that's the NFL. They're choosing to have their own employment guidelines that they have, you know, but you know, let's talk about simple things. You can get suspended when you don't show up for your post-game interview. I don't have a post-game interview. I have a post-work interview I have to go to. It's again, people can work for whatever company they want to work for. Well, not, obviously, you know what I'm saying there, but if you want right. to work for a company, 
You don't have to. You don't have to. If you don't like the rules, don't work there. If you don't want the privilege of being an NFL player, you don't have to. I will agree with you on one thing, but not kind of in the way that you presented with Josh Gordon. I will say he's been let down by his support system, but I don't think I necessarily agree 100% with the NFL side of it. I think now the NFL could have given him opportunities and exposure to his teammates that might have been a positive influence. But at the same time, I owned a deli. If my employee was going home and getting high and possibly ruin his life, that's not on me. That's that. If I have to fire you because you can't show up to work, that's on you. You you need to find your support system. I'll say this though, and that's why I partly agree with you, D'Angelo. Is if part of his support system was on the team, he should have access to it. So I'm that's, not that's his, where I'm. That's all of his support system because they're the only thing that's going to keep him on the field is his teammates because it's just like you being in a relationship with anybody that you're in a relationship with if they're not going if you guys are not going after the same thing you're eventually going to break up and go after somebody that wants what right. you want right so if he's on that team then all the players want him on the field the people that are not on the field with him and all they do is smoke and like hang out and like chill then that's what he gonna do when you tell him he can't be around the positive influence that kept him in football I just I, I understand that companies have rules, but you don't think that smoking cannabis for Josh Gordon. I understand we have rules that this is a very, very, very severe penalty for like he could go do performance enhancing drug, do Adderall and do all the craziness to actually help himself win football games and get less time than he would if he did a street drug. No, because at the same time, there's PEDs that aren't allowed that he could be suspended for the same thing. And, you know, it's multiple times. It's multiple instances. They, they have the rules that they have the rules. Yes, there's a topic I don't want to get into that I think that we can both say without saying that there's been players in the NFL that are playing right now that have done something that we would see in our eyes as significantly worse than just smoking weed. Yes, and yes. So you know exactly where I'm getting at with that. I, I know where you're getting, yes. That. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's why I have an issue with it. And at the same time, look, but here's the thing. So um, it's it's not right in our eyes when you have one compared to the other because of the, the level of the, I guess, egregious activity. But at the same time, I don't think we can put them in the same bucket when you're just talking about PEDs as a whole. Because let's forget if it's marijuana. If it was somebody like Julian Edelman's situation, if Julian Edelman did it again this year, Julian Edelman would be looking at a year and possibly a ban, you know, if somebody else did the same thing. So it's any drug that's under the law and it's a completely different classification than what we're alluding to. I would agree right. a thousand times out of a thousand. One doesn't compare to the other. But again, I go back to what my statement is for the for the jump off. The rules are the rules for a company. You abide by them or you don't. Right. Okay, I get it. I, I respect that a lot. It's just that, you know, I've been scrolling through social media and, you know, I hear people talking about, hey, you know, if I would have failed one drug test, I would have been gone. You know, this is his fifth time. Right. And I'm just like, this is like I, I can't express how this is not like a regular job. Like you can't go to your job and make millions and millions of dollars. Uh, because that's not what in your job description. I mean, you can, but you got to be CEO or an executive and you're not actually down there doing the legwork, if that makes any sense. So I, I, I was trying to get a better understanding on right. how everybody else is But if is you're a CEO this, and you get caught smoking weed. Nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens I'm at saying, all. If you're a CEO and you get caught smoking <laughs> weed. The, the, no, I'm saying the board might the board might cast you off. The board might be like, well, that's not what we want. Oh, come on, Jake. Company. You know, so that's that's, that's right. not going to happen. That's not going. You friends with all the CEOs. Uh, you friends with all the executives and the rule makers. All you got to do. <laughs> hey, who do you, you think know I, this, Jake? You, you know this. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you. you. I'm talking you, about if you a CEO or an executive, all of them are your oh, friends okay. because nine times out of ten. <laughs> You've been there for like 15, 20 years. They know you. They've come to know you, your wife, your kids and stuff like that. Like it, it came down to um, the uh, what was it? The uh, Jim, Was it Jim Harbaugh? Uh, which one was it? the coach that uh, was having issues out of one of his coaches that went home, uh, put his hands on his wife and he didn't fire him and they was going after him. Uh, is it the the coach at Michigan? Yeah, it was. Was it Urban Meyer? Was it? I don't, I don't yeah, know. I think. I, I don't know. I, I think I it was know. Urban Meyer. It was a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple years ago. And they, they held him responsible because they said he came and told you 
And he said, hey, stop doing it. But obviously he didn't stop. He kept doing it. And then, you know, they held him responsible and suspended him for two games. And yeah, I'm well, just like, so, well, here's the same thing, D'Angelo, as you got to say, like Josh Gordon's gotten, what, five chances? He wouldn't have gotten five chances if it wasn't for his talent. You look, And I'll, I'll bring up one thing. I'll say this. There was one, and I stand by this, and this is going to probably, like, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, whatever. But no, seriously, one of the most serious ones we ever saw in the NFL, back alluding to what I was talking about before, we had video of it. That player probably would have got another chance if he was still talented at that point. But he wasn't, and that's what the NFL does. The NFL is like, oh, we'll give you another chance if you're super talented. If you're not, then we're going to make an example of you. Okay. I, I Now I totally understand that. I, I get that. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to digress. I didn't mean to you know railroad no, you and hit you upside the head with this one, Jake. But go ahead, no. man. How the show going to go? You just, yeah. So, hold on. <laughs> we'll just jump into the first topic because you assume, I, I thought you were talking about like I hang out with CEOs, but I do know somebody that you hang out with in your personal, well, at least online. I know you've played some Call of Duty against him. That's Derek Who Carr. That? And I, and oh, Derek yeah, Carr. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to yeah. talk about Derek Carr real quick. Because I want to, this is definitely, you say, you know, you always want to get my opinion. I want to get yours because I can't ever put myself in your shoes with this situation. I want to know if anybody missed it. So Derek Carr, the Oakland Raiders had their final game before they moved to Las Vegas. They lost with the playoff, slim playoff chances on the line, but they still had a slim hope. They officially got eliminated by the Jaguars at home. Derek Carr, so-so game. Wasn't all on him. Defense should have done their job as well. There's a lot to blame to go around, but... The fans were booing the living hell out of Derek Carr. Also to the point where Derek Carr, still being the man that he is, as you well know, walked to the yeah. black hole to still sign autographs after and a take loss. Pictures. Yeah. And take pictures. And they kept booing him and started throwing things on the field. And my question to you, D'Angelo, is as a player, have you, one, ever been through that? And two... Does that in your mind just be like, well, screw you guys. I'm never talking to you again. So I, I, I can understand like being out of football now. I can understand why the fans reacted the way that they reacted. But as a player, it is the biggest turnoff. And it's one of those where you're like, you know what? I'm glad that we're leaving because you guys are ungrateful. I give you everything that I possibly can. It's the same thing as the Andrew Luck thing when he walked off. And he was retiring because of himself and they booed him. And I'm just like, all that I've been through, playing through injury, like it's the same way with a team. When they when they cut you, it, it, it feels the same way when fans boo you because obviously it's entertainment for you, but it's a job for me. I'm giving you everything that I got. I'm trying to give you the best of me while taking time out of my family. Granted, I signed up for this. I signed the contract. Uh, you know, the boos are probably warranted, but at the same time, like, you know, I give you everything. So it hurts. It, it it absolutely hurts. It absolutely stings. Just like, you know, when you, the the Patriots, they got booed for the first time this year when they had bad offense and, you know, they started booing. They had never heard the boo birds. You could see they was looking around like, yo, is that us? They booing us? Like, is this really <laughs> happening? Like, they were shocked. Like, Tom Brady was like, oh my God, this is really happening in Gillette Stadium. But it's, it's, I don't, I understand the reason why the fans do it is because they paid their money, their hard-earned money to buy this ticket. They want to come in and they want to see their team win. They want to see their team entertain them. And when you're not entertaining them, that's when they want to boo. So I understand your side, but on our side, you have to understand, like, we don't, we're creatures of habit. We go in, we do what we practice. You know, if they play a different defense than what we practice and we think that that defense was supposed to be this and it's something else and they get a pick, they got us. You know, it's it's that's what people don't understand. I try to give them the whole Tecmo Bowl because a lot of people play Tecmo Bowl. When you pick the same play, it's not as successful. You know, they all run in off super fast and you try yeah. to run back and throw the ball <laughs> real fast. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be a pick. But on that ten time when it's not a pick, you just think you got a chance and you try to you try to think about the positive side of that. Well, the, the the fact of the matter is this. When you go through tendencies, when you break down footage, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper for you guys as it relates to us playing football. So when we go through a week of practice, what we do is we go through on third down and two to three or third down and four to six. Like, what are you in 80% of the time? What is your high priority defense that you're going to play on this? And so we bank on you giving us that defense on that third down and four to six in that category because you're 80% showing this. So we're not going to worry about the other 20% because 80% in the NFL is 100%. So we go in expecting you to play that defense on third and four to six. And if you play any other defense, 
that's different from that, that play is not going to work because it's designed for that defense that you run 80% of the time. And it works for the first and tens, the, 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 the second and, you know, sixes, whatever the yardage plus the sticks, you know, we get, we fall into the creatures habit as a defensive coordinator saying, you know, I'm gonna call this. And now if it's, if it comes down to like, it's, uh, third and 15 and you run two defenses then obviously you can put a play in and send in two plays that's why a lot of people hey if they want high safety uh you throw the ball if they're two high safeties you run the ball it that's what you prepare for in practice so when you step out on that field and these defensive coordinators and these offensive coordinators are making changes on the fly and you see when they go into halftime and they come back out and you're like this is a completely different ball club no it's not a completely different ball team <laughs> now that we know what you're running for sure now on third and four to six or uh, first down two to three or one to five. We know exactly what you're running. So now we can go in and we can insert those plays that are good against that defense, depending on the the, the down and distance. And that's why it's significant. That's why when, when teams go into halftime, I was like, OK, we're going to really see how good these head coaches are or these offense and defensive coordinators, because. If you don't make any corrections at halftime and you're okay with where you are, you're going to show the same thing you showed in the first half in the second half. Look at the Miami Dolphins. You see them. Like, that's why I feel like Bill Belichick is a lot better than a lot of coaches because whether he's doing good or whether he's doing bad, he's always making changes at halftime because he know that, oh, we're creatures of habit. I got to break this streak of me showing you this. And that's why he's so good at coaching. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, and I think the biggest thing is real quick kind of version of this question: If you were Derek Carr, and let's say you were staying, and like the team wasn't moving, and it was in Oakland, and you were a free agent, would that pull you away from resigning? Oh yeah, would I'm out of there. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm out of there. I'm out of there. And depending on if they paid me more money than any other team. Now <laughs> that you, you can now look, you can pay for the booze, or you know, if everything equal, I gotta go because obviously you just shown how you really feel about me. And l- let's just be honest, like the Raiders were sliding down a slippery slope anyway. You know, they had Antonio Brown; it was banking on him to be their number one wide receiver. He ended up going to you know uh, the Patriots and then end up now not playing. But that's a significant weapon that they could have used. That's one gone, and then Derek Carr to begin with wasn't as elite as Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. So, you know, right. he got the money because of the position that he pay, plays. So now that you 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 couple that with the position that he plays, his input, the Raiders still being the dark hole uh, from a negative standpoint, uh, all that <laughs> just get to the fans. Like, it, not only do it get to the fans, but it get to the fantasy owners. It get to the people that's talking about the fans and the fantasy owner. It get to us. Like, damn it, show us something different. Like, get, show us, you know, if you signed for $14 million, it's still more than anybody's making that bought a ticket to sit in the stands. So they want to know, like, show me why you're worth $14 million. Now, if you get paid the big, big money, now they want to see you do stuff like Drew Brees. We want to see you break records. We want to see you, you know, being a future Hall of Famer. We want to know that you are the answer to all my questions. Even, you know, they, they boo in uh, New Orleans. They just don't boo uh, when the offense is on the field. They boo when the defense is on the field. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're, we're going to come back around to a quarterback. I'm going to skip through a topic to kind of because this ties into something that we were going to talk about. And I'm going to kind of go backwards on you, D'Angelo. So we're still going to talk about this quarterback to tease for everybody out there, the best quarterback in the NFL right now. But we're going to come back to him. Because I want to tie this to something that just happened with Trey Turner of the Nationals. So the Nationals, Washington Nationals, World Series, and then Anthony Rendon's a free agent. Steven Strasburg's a free agent. And we've, you've, we've kind of touched on this a little bit before, D'Angelo. But what happened was Anthony Rendon, first huge contract. He's had a bigger contract. before. That net, this is his biggest of his career. Like This is his mega deal. This is his big payoff day. He goes to the Angels. Trey Turner, his former teammate, shortstop for the Nationals, posted an Instagram video on Twitter of him going through his drawer, pulling out Anthony Rendon's T-shirt, throwing it, and kicking it to the corner. He didn't burn it or anything like that. So it's kind of like we don't know if he was just joking and having fun with it, like, eh, whatever, see you later, or if he was serious, because this happened within about an hour of Anthony Rendon's announcement. And as a teammate, I wanted to ask you, like, D'Angelo, do you think he's being honest in the fact that he's ticked off at Anthony Rendon and then two is as a teammate 
if you saw somebody jump ship like that, especially after winning a championship, would you be upset or would you be like, hey, you know what? Go get yours because I would do the same thing. Okay, so I, I, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. If I'm playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers the two years that I'm playing with them, right? We got Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. We got uh, Antonio Brown. We got uh, Le'Veon Bell. We got uh, Wheaton. We got, uh, we got all these gifted athletes on the offensive side. And then we have a okay defense, right? If Ben Roethlisberger, after my first year, decided like, hey, man, I think I'm going to shut this down, man. I'm done. Oh, I'm pissed off because he gave us the best, the greatest chance to win football games. You're absolutely right. Hell yeah, I'm mad at him. And I'm going to the media. I'm talking to the fans. I'm I'm letting everybody know how I feel because everybody's going to feel the exact same way that I feel in the fan base. So I understand what Trey Turner could potentially be going through. Yes, I would have took his took his jersey out or his t-shirt out and kicked it across the table, but that don't mean I'm quitting on my team because they paid me to do a job and therefore I have to serve out my contract. But at the same time, I can't I can show you that I'm pissed off. I can show you that hey, this is bullshit. I don't have to take this. Well, I do have to take it, but I I can let you know that I'm not happy about taking it. And by me showing you that I'm not happy about taking this, then you in turn going to feel like, oh, yeah, we got something in common. And now we just bonded over something that was bad or terrible. But it turned out probably to be good for both people. Initially, when when we talked about Trey Turner, I was like, whoa, hold up. Trey Turner, the, the guard from Carolina, like we we in football don't quit, like just come out other than Andrew Luck. I'm still puzzled. I mean, I understand why he quit. He didn't have to pay any money back. But when we quit on this side in the national football league, we normally have to pay money back. I was really, I looked at that situation very closely because I'm just like, that's $25 million that a team could recoup, but they just decided like, Hey man, you just keep that. Like what did they do that at? That's $25 million. (laughs) Like you helped me out there. I understand that the fans boo, but the team was like, Hey man, you know, uh, I know you owe us $25 million, man. We just going to eat that. Cause we really appreciate everything you did for our organization. You tell me where they do that at. I, I don't know. I don't know where that goes into the books. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, so, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you just eat $25 million? Well, well, hold on. I want to go back I'm to I'm disgusted thing, talking about this. All right, let's just talk about something else, Jake. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want one more question. I'm like, what if, so, you, like, what if you weren't boys? Like, you were, you know, you didn't hang out with each other's families and stuff like that, but you were kind of. You're like, cool, like, you know, you chat in the locker room or maybe you know, when you, everybody goes bowling, you would hang out with them or something like that. Would would it potentially end your friendship? Would you just be like, you know what? We ain't even hanging well, we out didn't, anymore, even if I do see you. I mean, we we weren't friends to begin with. <laughs> so he doesn't, it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> he don't give a damn. He, I'm out of here anyway. You didn't think I like you now. You just wait now that I go to this new team. <laughs> well, he's, he's in a different league on the opposite coast. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and you can't wait so when i went to when i went to pittsburgh bro and this is this is no lie when i went to pittsburgh when i got cut from carolina uh because i've kind of somewhat experienced this but on a different level i was so pissed off because of the things that happened to me in carolina i was like man i can't wait to that fourth preseason game and coach looked at me he was like you'll never play in that preseason game and i was like dude you an asshole coach tom like why can't i play in the fourth preseason game he was like because we play the next week and that next week is more significant than how upset you are with the Carolina Panthers. And I was like, okay, I get it. Well, what what, what can I do, coach? He was like, you know what? I'm going to make you a captain. Just as petty as you are, I'm going to make you a captain. You're going to go out there. And because I told him, I said, and this is why he made me do this. He I, And I still call him an asshole to this day. I told him, I said, when we go back and we play Carolina, I'm not speaking to none of the coaches. I'm not shaking anybody's hands. I'm not doing any of that. His that asshole of our head coach and coach Tomlin, he was like, you know what? I'm gonna make you a captain. So now if I don't shake anybody's hands, I'm gonna have to ask answer questions. Cause you know in the coin toss, you shake yeah. hands and yeah. you kind of give he was like, oh, now that was if you don't shake thing that- earlier this year. Right. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. Now, now if you don't shake hands and hug them, you have to have to answer a whole bunch of questions at the end of this ball game about why you didn't shake nobody's hand. And I'm like, man, I can't believe you would put me in that situation. He was like, figure it out. So when it, when, it, when it came time and I was standing on the sideline, he was calling all the captains up. I was like trying to make sure that I wasn't around in the area so I didn't have to walk up there. He came and got me. and was like, hey, come on, get, get your ass out there. 
So I go out there and I look back and he has the biggest smile on his face and he laughing his ass off. And then <laughs> I shook everybody's hand, kind of gave him the dap. And as I'm walking off the field, he was like, I knew you was going to make the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> but all week I told him I was like I'm not shaking anybody's hands I'm not giving anybody hugs screw them they did me bad I no I'm done with them and he made me a damn captain man I had to go out there and shake these folks hands that's that's amazing all right so it, it, that's perfect then so like with what's going on with Josh Norman right now with the Redskins he got benched and what is what is that like I mean if you're like so, if you're in Josh Norman's shoes and seeing oh, so, this so I know what this feel like. That's what you're saying, Jake. <laughs> no, yeah, hundred percent. Like no, this, you this are an asshole, else. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> is this your, is this your opportunity to take shots at me today? Yeah, wow, 100%, Jake. Hundred percent. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. And finish, man. I'm gonna take no, these no, shots. So go ahead. When you and get I thought we was boys. The, <laughs> make me take your shirt out and kick roll. it. <laughs> <laughs> that kicker shirt that you sent me, I'm gonna kick it. I'm gonna kick it all across the house, man. And I'm gonna take video of it. Like, oh, you want to talk about me being benched that one time? Okay, asshole. <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry, I couldn't pass that up. <laughs> so, well, if you want to put yourself in his shoes, how about that? Is that better, Daniel? <laughs> yeah, there we go. If, if you want to put yourself you know in that, Josh Norman's shoes of getting put yeah, in a backup I, role where you're not a starter anymore. Like, here, I, here's the honest question. Like, like, like I want to. I do want to ask you this because you just. You I, I said can't it say in this, this before you say it, Jake. Before you okay. say it, I, I I can say this. I mean, it's a, it's a joke right now, and I'm laughing about it. But that was one of the highest shitty moments of my life. So when you break it up, I'm like. Ooh, am I ready for this or am I not ready for this? So <laughs> we're going to see what you get, Jake. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Well, so I'll try to ask the question then. So yeah, yeah. in the D'Angelo, in the, in the worst moment of your life, uh, how, how, how are you feeling just so we can get some insight on maybe how Josh Norman's feel? Like, honestly, were you thinking, screw it, I'm done. Like, I don't even want to play anymore. Like what's going through your head? Cause you I, what I was going to say is you said it earlier in the show. I don't know what it's like to be in your situation where it's like, hey, you're not starting anymore. Like the athletics not going to come to me and be like, hey, somebody's the lead writer. You're the backup now. Like that doesn't happen. Right. So so when I was in Carolina and we were having issues and we was losing football games, um, I, I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when. Uh, and I was trying to prepare myself for it. And, and this is why. We wasn't getting any movement as it related to running the ball. And I had one of those coaches that didn't make changes at the offensive line. He always made changes on the back end. And I think we've actually talked about this, I think, briefly in one of our other podcasts. And I was like, okay, cool. So he called me into the office and he was like, hey, um, you know, obviously we've been having some problems in the run game. You know, we've hit a streak uh, where we, you know, we've been losing. And I just wanted to let you know that we're going to go in another direction and uh, Jonathan is going to be our starter. And I was like, well, is there anything that I could do to, to, to be better? I mean, I could, I can go out, I can block more. I can get some extra reps in. I can lose some weight. Like I can get faster. What is it that I need to do? He was like, there's nothing you need to do. I just want to see how his run style, because it's different from yours. I just want to see how he performs. So they put me on the back burner. I, they, I was second string. It was completely different. And this is where it differed from. When you're not a starter, you're asked to do other things that you're not accustomed to doing, like scout team, like you run a scout team running back, uh, you plan on kickoff, kickoff return, you know, uh, special teams, uh, things like that, that now that you wasn't a part of, now you have to learn because you're not a starter. And then depending on how you take that demotion, it makes all the difference because now, again, you don't play on special teams significant plays in every play because any any can go to the house you can get a turnover it can be a big play in the game because it's an it's another phase of playing the game but you're not accustomed to it a lot more running uh and a lot more technique and skill there versus you know you just coming raw out talent going from a place of being like oh i'm the starting corner or i'm the starting running back i know what my my position is i know what it is that i need to do and how i can help this team to helping the team in another way, but not knowing what the hell it is you're doing at that position. 
And I understand how he feels because I was there and everybody treats you completely different. Even if you was a backup and you played more than the starter, it's still a different feel than actually being the starter. Like the fans demand more out of you. The team demand more out of you. The coaches demand more out of you. So it's a different feel in general, not for a backup. Like that's why when the backup quarterbacks come in and they, they have good games, people love them and they, they embrace because they're not expected to do much. <laughs> but when you get that starter next to you, then you're expected to do more. And if you don't, uh, reach everybody or or touch everybody's expectations, then that's when they you get the boo birds, you get to fire him. Let's go in another direction. Let's go in another coach. So it was nothing that I could physically do to get my job back because he wanted to go with Jonathan Stewart at the time, and it's the same way with with Josh Norman. And he's not taking it well, just like anybody else wouldn't take it well. Like you being demoted and have to ask to do another job when they paid you premium dollar to do this job. It's like you know. Uh, how can I compare? Like you, you know, you you got a tax account that's the best in his, in in his field at one point, a tax account, and you're just like, hey man, uh, you know, we don't need you there anymore, man. And you work for McDonald's, we need you on the fries. Wait, what? <laughs> what, what? What you mean? What? what? I, I've never I, I've never flipped fries in my life. I've always been the accountant. Like, yeah, man, you know, we we still gonna pay you the same, but you got to do fries now. Completely different job, same company. Completely different job description. You're getting paid the same, but now you own the fries. And you just like, wait, what? Fries? All right, so that I got one more for you then, because I'll give you something that I've I've never, so D'Angelo, I've never said this. I would never say this, but I can tell you I've seen fans say this. So I want you to answer this question from your side of it if you see this. Like if somebody tweeted this to you at the time when this happened. So I've seen fans say, shoot. I'd take $6 million to sit on the bench and not do anything. I, What's your response and, to that? And, and, and here's the thing. I, I would, the greatest position in football is backup quarterback. If you've been a lifetime backup quarterback, you're making three to $6 million a year. I would take that job if I started off as a backup quarterback. There's no way you can give me the light or give me the shine. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, uh, Split. Uh, but yeah. whenever anybody had to shine, it was their time. So if you give me the shine for nine years or eight years or six years and you snatch that away from me and you put me in a backup role, I know that the grass is greener on the other side as opposed to somebody that's never experienced that shine at all. That's the difference. If yeah. I come in as a lifelong, lifelonger backup, I can handle that. But as soon as I get a taste of that good stuff, like purified water versus, you know, regular drinking water. I'm I'm I want the purified water now. It's it tastes better. It's, and the fact of the matter is, is it may be a chemical or two that's different in one versus the other one. But the fact that you've tasted something different and you liked it, that's what makes you hungry for more. And when they snatch that away from you, you're just like, damn, man. It ain't even about the money now. You're trying to get back to where you were, not where you are right now. And that lets you know you got a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. But here's so the thing it's, though. It's like, in it's football, like Ruth Chris versus Golden Corral. Right. You can go to Golden Corral, think it's the best food in the world, but let somebody treat you to Ruth Chris and you just like, damn, man. Or imagine just eating at Ruth Chris all the time and then your money ain't there anymore and you got to go to uh, <laughs> uh Right. You got to go to Golden Corral. You're going to definitely notice the difference. Like, what not the so, hell? <laughs> to be honest, well, not brought to you by Golden Corral. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> no, not at all. It was just, that was a great segue, though, in terms of how to explain to people like the difference if you're a lifelong backup there's no issue like guys that are coming to the national football league right now like you start your careers off on special teams uh and you work your way up to maybe being a starter you can go back because you you know what it feels like to play in those roles so it's easier for you when i first got here man i was the kickoff return guy uh love that job i i'll never forget this uh playing the miami dolphins it was like the third game of the season bro we returned to kick and I was so excited, so damn excited to be on kickoff return, man. We was picking up yards, craziness, bro. I didn't know about, well, I knew about it, but I just didn't know it was going to affect the team that much. Like uh, right before, right after that fourth preseason game, that large cut, and then you had a 53 sitting in the room. Yeah. Everybody that was on my kickoff return team got cut. 
And then they wondered at the end of the year, why the hell we didn't return any kicks. I was like, well, hell, you cut the whole damn everybody that was on that kickoff return team. You cut because everybody on that team was fighting for a job where when everybody got their job, the ones that they put on there was already somewhere else. So their job was secure. So they don't try as hard. I mean, they they give it everything that they got. But, you know, when you fighting for something like fighting for something, you give a lot more effort than you would if you was like, oh, OK, yeah, a little I'm going to be here. A little bit extra. Well, but you All get right, what I'm so saying, though. Like, yeah, that, no, they literally cut everybody on my damn team. I'm like, damn, dude. Like, and then that's when I was like, yo, we got, I got to get off this kickoff return team. They gonna bury me out here because I, I, I can't get anywhere. So, so right, I, I got, I got off the kickoff return team because I was, I was the backup then because uh, Deshaun Foster was you know, taking all the running back reps. So then I come in, they get rid of Deshaun Foster. I come in, now I'm the starter, and then in comes Jonathan Stewart. I'm the starter, and then he goes back to kickoff return, and he said the same damn thing. He was like, oh, man, this kick. I was like, just wait till that four preseason game, bro. Like, I've been here before. They cut everybody. He was like, dude, why do they do that? I was like, welcome to my world, bro. Welcome to my world. He was like, Bro, it's different. It's complete. He was like, you can't tell them that because obviously the special teams coach don't make those decisions on who get cut and who don't get cut. But, yeah, he was just like, dude, I got to get off that team. He was like, man, you got a year. I had to spend my year there, man. It was like growing pain. It was like I think that was the hazing to be the starting running back for the Carolina Panthers to, to is me, be on the kickoff return team. You make, you make it sound like what was his name? The, the, the Angela Hull? Or not the yeah was that him? the <laughs> returner no it was who am I thinking of the, uh, the what, threw what, up the X all the time I was gonna say he's oh the you best talking player about uh oh yeah he played for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, yeah uh, I, I know he's say, Dante Hall Dante Hall yeah 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 it was Dante Hall the best player of all time because he was able to do it with all the different people oh, bro. <laughs> Oh, unbelievable, bro. I I look at kickoff returners and punt returners completely different now. Like, when I was playing, they had the halo rule. Now there's no halo rule and nobody's protected from anything. So you see these guys taking shots, and you're just like, man, that's rough. I Every rule every rule that the NFL come up with uh, to protect players, that same rule is also a rule that get a player injured, like hitting a defenseless receiver, everybody going for their legs now. So now, perfect, yeah, you see what I'm saying? Perfect right. segue, a- a- D'Angelo. Everybody's Hold going on. to the legs. I got you. This is uh, thank you. This is perfect. You set that up with <laughs> like not even knowing. So I, I wanted to ask you. That's the, about going to the legs. So something we've been watching recently. Talk about my quarterback. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson, <laughs> but differently, D'Angelo, because over the last few games, you started to see it pop up in media and people talking about it and teams talking about it. now his teammates are saying that teams are talking about it they're saying that Lamar Jackson is getting attacked intentionally on defense like they're going for his legs they're hitting him harder than they did the first half of the season because they see what he can do and knows that if you knock him out of the game well then the Ravens are easily beatable is this a real thing so it's twofold D'Angelo there's a two-part question here is one do defenses change throughout the season and start attacking players more intently now I'm not saying attacking with the intent to hurt but trying to hit them harder when they play better and then two if so is that in their mind of hey I can knock this guy out of the game not end his career but you know I can get him banged up and then we can win yes and no uh this is what I mean by yes and no when you look at film as a defensive player and I've I've watched film with defensive players and the one thing that every every defensive player has ever said, bro, it it, it go down to the D lineman, whether it's Cam Hayward, whether it's uh, uh, Starla Tulele, whether it's and these are all the guys that I've played with that I've actually watched film with, and they've said this: Luke Keekley, uh, uh, Ryan um, Shazier. Like every time we saw a great player that played, whether it's Tom Brady whether it's uh, 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 Lamar Jackson, whether it's Adrian Peterson, you know what they all said? Every defensive room that I've ever sat in and watched film with them, how they said that they could stop that star player, the the one thing that they all said in coming, they was like, man, you know what? He ain't never been hit yet. He ain't been hit hard yet. That's what it is. Once I hit him hard or he get hit hard, he going to stop all that dancing or all that spinning or dropping back, being comfort. The, the 
the the fact that a real I mean reality is is they're absolutely right. He haven't been hit. But the only way that you can hit him is give him everything that you got because you sat there in that room and watched him and said that the only thing that I can change about them, not the fact that I can pick the ball off or play a different defense, but I have to physically hit this guy to change his mind about doing something that he loved doing, and that's running the ball. I got to physically hit Tom Brady because if I physically hit him and disrupt him, he's going to throw some balls either behind his receivers or in front of his receivers. And that gives my team a better chance to make that pick. So, no, I'm not targeting this player. But, yes, I am trying to hit them as hard as possible because I've already said to myself that he's never been hit. That's why he's doing all the stuff that he's doing. And it's a proven fact that when you hit players, they change their game. Russell Wilson used to be a runner scrambler. Doesn't do as much of that now. He stays in the pocket. Michael Vick did the same thing. Cam Newton's doing the same thing. So all those mobile quarterbacks, there's some legitimacy to what they're saying in terms of them not being hit. So why not try to go out there and blast them every opportunity that you get to change their mind about running the ball? Because them running the ball is ultimately what's leading to the success of their team. So if I can stop Lamar Jackson from running the ball and make him one dimensional, I can beat the Baltimore Ravens. So then I have That's one why, question yes. for you. Did did anybody ever hit you so hard that you were on the field and like, eh, I'm going to try and run the other way if I see him again? I It happened to me in practice. Uh, I I was hit that hard. I actually, uh, when I was playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> this, this just came to mind. I was playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're playing Seattle, right? Okay. And uh, I am so glad Cam Chancellor does not play football anymore. I uh, met him. I shook his hand. He's got, <laughs> did, did you, have you ever shook his hand? No, I didn't. Have you ever been hit by him? Have you ever been hit by him? No, I've never been hit by him. Okay. I met him at church. He came to our church. Actually, he comes there pretty regularly. Oh. I, oh, so I you met him in a religious afterwards. setting. Yeah, yeah. Should, yeah, yeah, that's good. His hands are enormous, D'Angelo. The only way I can describe his hands is like if somebody made a hand out of marshmallows. Like your hand just oh. sinks into his. It's the softest, because it's so weird. I'm like, a football player's got cushiony, soft hands. And then now you know why he was such a good safety. It's because he, <laughs> yes. he had those amazing soft hands. But I, I, I really want to hear this now. Cause I'm going to tell yeah, them. So we're, we're playing. You, you can actually, you, you can pull this up. You can pull this up. We're playing them down in Seattle and um, they obviously, they beat us. It was a good game. It was a high scoring game, but Ben, we're like close to the goal line. I think we're like three or four yards. He hands me the ball, bro. And like, I get through and I get in the end zone. And like, as I get in the end zone and I cross the white line and, and for some reason, I don't know if you see it, but when players cross the white line, other than wide receivers, when they catch the ball, their first instance as a wide receiver is to get down. They right. they catch the ball, they get hit and they get down. I don't know if you saw the Saints game, but uh, when uh, he caught the ball in the end zone, he got hit from the one side. Uh, Michael Thomas, he got down because he knew that there was somebody like that's their first intention to get down. Whereas a running back, or somebody that carries the ball, like when they like, cross the white line. I made it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I made man, he hit me so hard, bro. When I crossed that line, I'm talking about it was like he blasted me. I got up, I did my curtain call, and I jogged to the sideline. I was like, shit, he hit me hard. Like I had to tell him after the game, I was like, bro, don't you ever hit me that hard again, man. I'm gonna send my boys to come talk to you. Like, bro, I was already in the end zone. I was coming up. Like, he caught me, like, relaxed and, like, blasting me. I was so, so mad. Like, I was pissed off to the point where, like, I couldn't even really think straight. I was like, dude, this is, this is, cr-. like, did you, I, I even asked Le'Veon when I came to the side, I'm like, did you see how hard he hit me? <laughs> like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, bro, I'm, like, I, I had to pull him over to the side after the game, and I was like, Cam, bro, like, I, you do know I was in the end zone when you hit me, bro. He was like, yeah, I don't just let nobody walk in. But I was already, I ran in. I didn't walk. I ran in. I, it wasn't like I was, like I, like, I had to get an explanation for how hard he hit me. But yeah, he was the, he, he hit me the hardest in the game. Uh, but in practice, it was Chris Jenkins. Um, and I'll never forget that. That He hit me the hardest that I've ever been hit in my years of football. <clears throat> and I, uh, a lot of people say it was my fault. I don't think it was my fault because I feel like in any job, you should be allowed to talk to your coworkers uh, in any manner. Uh, so 
we're in training camp and, uh, you know, our offense has been dominating for the last couple of days. Chris has kind of been sick or whatever. Um, we've been dominating for the last couple of days. So I come into practice and I'm yapping. I'm talking crap. I'm not talking to like the DBs or like the the linebackers. I'm talking to the defensive linemen because I lift with the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen. So I felt like, you know, we were friends and they could handle, you know, my shit talking. So I'm st- I started to talk and I'm barking at Chris Jenkins. He barking back. And then all of a sudden it just got quiet. And out of all you hear is his voice. And he said, hey, this practice right here ain't nobody running a gap to a gap. I was like, what? <laughs> Coach, call me a player in the A-gap. Like, I called him over. Though. I ain't said, like, I'm, I'm just trying to make it sound good now. But, like, I called him to the side, and I kind of whispered to him because I didn't want him to hear, hey, Coach, give me a play in the A-gap. I got this. Bro, like, and it was funny because Khalil looked at me. And he was like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, man. Hell yeah. Come on. Let's go. He was like, man, you know you've been talking, man. He, he I, Man, I got this. Let's go. Like, man up. They called a play. Like, Everybody kind of laughing, but I'm like, I'm serious. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be my time to shine. This is my opportunity. You know, I'm a young guy. This is how I'm going to prove myself. And at the time, I didn't know this, but Chris Jenkins was regarded as one of the best defensive tackles ever to play the game at this time. So they got Chris Jenkins and they got Michael Kimiatu on the other side. So these are the two defensive tackles. One is like 360, one of them is like 380, right? And like, so I hear him talking to Kimo about something at the time, and I guess he was getting him psyched up like, hey, I don't care what happened. They can score on the outside, but ain't nobody coming in this A-gap. I'm like, man, I'm going straight in the A-gap. I get the ball, and I can see that the outside is open. I can see that this outside is open, but I'm not going to make him right. I'm going A-gap to A-gap. Man, I lowered my head, and like, after I smelled the smelling salt, and I came back, (laughs) they told me what happened. And they was like, bro, it was you and him in the hole. They was like, bro, you know, it was other holes open. I was like, yeah, but he said a gap to a gap. So when they hit me with the smelling salt and I woke up, I was like, damn, bro, what happened? They showed it back to him. I was like, ooh, what happened to Khalil? Like he missed that block. But what he did was he took Khalil and he tossed him. So when he tossed him, like he it was just me and him. I didn't see him talk. I didn't see. I just thought Khalil was like playing with me and like stepped out of the way to let him but no he just tossed him he was that mad tossed him and he was standing there waiting on me and i'm just like i i didn't know he was 370 i misjudged his size that's where he got me and he was 6'6 370 so he got me with just size and weight alone and i gave him all 219 at the time of me and it did not work out and therefore like that's when i learned to improv like when people be talking hey you ain't going to go here to there. I'm going to talk my talk. But I, that don't mean I'm going in that A-gap to prove you wrong. I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm not in the proving wrong. I'm just getting my job done. And that's what I'm going to do. But Chris Jenkins was the one that, t- that taught me like, hey, man, if you're going to talk trash, man, you talk your trash. But at the same time, don't be out here trying to prove people wrong and try to be Superman, man. Just do your job and you can live to talk another day. Uh, it goes back to when Steve Smith was talking about the Redskins. When we was playing, when Sean Taylor was playing, you know, Steve was barking. He was barking at the Redskins, and that's when they had uh, the defensive tackle that they had just got from uh, uh, the uh, Titans. Uh, what's his name? Oh, they paid him all the money. Hainsworth, yeah, and Hainsworth wasn't doing anything. He was just real quiet. So Steve started barking. He was like, Khalil was like, hey, hey, stop talking to these guys. You ain't got to block them, hell. <laughs> Man, he woke them up on defense, bro. Sean was screaming down. I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a long game. We won that one, but it was like 16-13, and we like won it at the end. But it was one of the hardest games I ever played, and I'm like, Steve, bro, like I'm with Khalil now. Like, shit, dude, talk to the DBs. Don't talk to the linebackers and the defensive linemen. Like, let these guys get through their game, man. They ain't got nothing to play for. You making them play for something. If you hear my voice here, that means we've reached the end of our ride. But there's good news. You can listen to more of the show and get 40% off by subscribing to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash tobehonest. That's theathletic.com slash tobehonest. You'll be able to hear the full show in D'Angelo's most honest takes of the episode. Okay, now you know. Tune in next week, and we'll talk soon.